John 10, 22, the Bible says, And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication. It was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple of, in Solomon's porch. And it came, and then came the Jews round about him, said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. <clears throat> but ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for these guys being here in your house, Lord. God, I thank you for each one being here. I ask that, God, you would give us your help, your strength. God, speak to each heart individually, Lord. Please just nail us right where we need it, Lord. You know where we're weak or maybe where we're doing wrong, maybe where we're struggling, Lord. God, I pray you would just bolster that and... and Hit it right on the bullseye where we need it, Lord. Please give me the right words and thoughts and spirit. I really need you badly, Lord, to get this across to these guys in a way that's understandable, in a way that will challenge us. <clears throat> and, Lord, I pray you would help us to love you more and want to serve you more when we leave here today, Lord. Thank you for this time. And, God, thank you for this season where you uh, we commemorate you coming ultimately to die on the cross for our sins, Lord. Thank you for your goodness to us. Bless these guys. Give them all something today. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated, guys. Thank you for standing. So, gentlemen, um, it says in verse 22 here where we picked up that Jesus was in Jerusalem and there was a certain feast, a certain certain festival that they were having um, in Jerusalem at that time. It says it was the Feast of the Dedication. I was looking this up, guys. This is actually what the Jewish people call Hanukkah now. They're celebrating that. I think it actually starts today and it goes like eight days, seven, eight days long uh, period where they're celebrating. Okay, that's kind of their, I guess you could call their version of Christmas type of thing. But guys, what Hanukkah is all about? I'm gonna be, try to be fast with this. What Hanukkah is all about is between uh, the end of the Old Testament and beginning of the New. There's 400 year time gap there. Uh, in 168, this is under um, descendants of the the Greek Empire, the Seleucids, they call them. They were controlling. Jerusalem at that time, Israel, okay? And they took over their temple. The guy Antiochus Epiphanes was the uh, ruler at that time. Guys, he went into their temple and he desecrated it. Um, he set up a false god there in the temple of God. He also slaughtered a pig on the altar. And you guys know the Jews are not into, uh, it's not kosher for them to deal with pigs. And he forced pork down the throat of the priest there. Whew. He is actually a, a pre-shadowing of what the Antichrist will do one day in the tribulation where he will go into the temple and say that he's God. Okay, It's called the abomination of desolation. But that's kind of a prefiguring of it. So this is 168 uh, B.C. before Jesus came. This guy goes in here and does it. Then you have these people called the Maccabees. All right, They were a group of priests in Jerusalem at that time, and they're fighting back. They're resisting. They're fighting back, guys. And they uh, overcome the... The Greeks, the Seleucids there, and they get control back of the temple and they rededicate it. Hanukkah it means the dedication or the rededication. And guys, this is kind of cool and I'll finish up with this. So they only had enough oil for the lamp in the temple to last for one day. They couldn't get any more because of the, the struggle, the war that they were in. So they only had enough oil for it to shine one day. But, guys, that actually lasted for eight days. That's why you see there's like a, a candlestick kind of thing, and it has, it has eight different prongs on it. That's what it stands for, that it lasted that long. This is the, 
the feast and the dedication that they're doing at this time. Jesus is walking around the temple grounds at this point. The Jews come up to him and they confront him. Verse number 24, and they basically, it's a dumb thing that they say, but they're all angry. A mob gathers around him. They close in on him, gang up on him, and they say this. How long are you going to make us the doubt? If you're the Messiah, the Christ, then just tell us. Jesus, in the next verse, says, I've already told you, and you don't believe me. <laughs> he had done it many times um, by what he said. And then also the next thing he said, he said, I told you in verse 25, you didn't believe me. And then he said, the works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. He said, if you don't believe it by what I say and by what I've proclaimed to you, just watch what I do. He's saying, listen, nobody else can forgive sins, but I do. He's saying no one else accepts worship, but I do. He's saying nobody else can give sight to the blind and, and, and heal these lame people and even raise people from the dead back to life. Nobody else can do that, but I have. He's basically saying, guys, it's pretty obvious. I'm the Messiah. I'm that coming deliverer of Israel. But he's saying, you don't believe me. And guys, notice verse 26. He's saying, this is the reason you don't believe me. You believe me not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. And then verse 27, which will be our launching point today. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Guys, they were trying to confront him, but Jesus calls out their rejection. He's saying, listen, I've told you and I've shown you very clearly who I am, but yet you don't believe you continue to reject it. But then he says he's contrasting. He says, you don't believe me because you're not part of my sheep. He says, but my sheep hear my voice. Hey, guys, it got me thinking about my dog. You say, how did that get you thinking about your dog? My dog is pretty crazy. But, guys, there's certain words that you'll say that he'll give you this look, or he knows exactly what you're talking about. If I say, Chase, you want to go outside? He can be, you know, doing his own thing. You say outside, he's like, it gives you a look like, did you just mean that? You know, like, are we for real? Am I about to go outside? He gets excited about it, and he gives me this look. If I say, get your ball. He knows what I'm talking about. And if we talk anything about he's been a good boy and he deserves a treat, he knows exactly what to do. Kevin, it's amazing. When he's being bad, it's like he doesn't hear a word that I say. When I start talking about treats, he's like, boy, you know what you're talking about? Because I understand. Do you mean that? He knows exactly what I'm saying. You know why, guys? Because I'm his master. He belongs to me and my wife. When we say it to him, it means something different. If a if a random stranger says that to him, Chase ain't having it. He's going to be barking at him, trying to kill him. He's like 15 pounds, but he thinks he's big and tough, you know. Oh, it was so embarrassing this one time. My wife got him this shirt, right? I think dogs shouldn't have clothes on. That's just my opinion, all right? People should have clothes, but not dogs. But anyway, she got him this shirt, and the shirt said, Mama's boy. Like, Lord, help me. This is a This is a trial of my life. He's walking out, right? And then there's a bunch of people outside, and he's barking at them. I was like, dude, this is embarrassing. You know how embarrassing it is, Chris, to have a, a little dog that has a mama's boy shirt, and then he's trying to be tough with all the neighbors. I'm like, shut up. This is not the time, you know? So he's walking out there trying to be bossy with all these people. I'm just like, can you just stop it? You know, put the muzzle on this dog. But anyway, all right, back to the Bible. But you know why he has that reaction, guys? Because it comes from his master. Listen, if he were to hear that from somebody else, it wouldn't mean anything to him. He wouldn't listen to a word of it. But when it comes from his master, he's saying, hold on. You know what you're saying? Because I know what that means. I know what it means when we get to play. I know what it means when we get to go outside. I know what it means when I get a treat. Boy, I know exactly what you're saying. And it means something to him. But you know why it means something to him? Because it, because of who it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, Jesus said to these Jews, these Pharisees that were questioning him and 
doubting him and didn't believe in him. He's saying, guys, you don't believe me because you don't belong to me. You're not part of my sheep. But in verse number 27, he says, but my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Guys, I think there should be a difference when it comes to the children of God. When God is speaking and you say, how do we know when God is speaking? When it comes from his word. Okay, when it comes from this book, when it comes from his word, God is speaking. Jesus is speaking to you and to me. And guys, I think there should be a different reaction in our hearts and in our lives when Jesus is speaking to us than anything else in the world. Listen, you turn on the radio. There's a lot of voices. You turn on the TV. There's a lot of voices. You click on the Internet. You watch videos on YouTube. There's a lot of voices on TikTok and all these different things. There's a lot of voices screaming at you. Can I tell you, there should be a voice that sticks out above all the others in your life that when he speaks, it should mean more to you than anything else in this life. You know why? Because you should say, that's my master's voice. That's the voice of my master. Hey, guys, that's what I want to preach about. The voice of my master. Guys, what's your reaction to him? I know many of you have been in church for a long time. I don't think this is anybody's first Sunday here. But when your master speaks to you. Is there a different reaction? Hey, Ariel, if we preach like we preach to unsaved people, Kevin, I don't expect it to mean anything to them. They'll be like, what's wrong with that dude? Why is he so excited? What's the big deal? Come on, man. Tone it down. But when it's a child of God, guys, that's your master speaking to you. That's Jesus from his word calling you out. He's hitting you right in your heart. He's hitting you at your core. That should mean something to us. That's my math. That's the voice of my master. Hey, guys, are you listening to the voice of your master today? Let me jump in to this story quickly. First of all, I want to point out this to you. Number one, there's a different reaction. He says at the beginning of verse number 27, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Chris, it should mean something to us. It should hit us differently. It should impact us and influence our lives differently than it does to other people around us. Hey, guys, when Jesus says, hey, I want you to be faithful to church, does that mean anything to you? When he says to read your Bible every, every day, does that mean anything to you? When he says to pray and we talk about prayer, does that mean anything to you? When he says live holy, does that mean anything to you? Listen, when he calls you out and says stop doing this particular thing in your life, does that mean anything? Hey, guys. There should be a difference. We all know this in, in just physical relations. Listen, guys, when my parents say something to me, Ethan, I trust them. I, there's an immediate trust factor. There's an immediate confidence in what they say. There's an immediate, I know they have my best interest at heart, right? Because they have, I have a history with them. There's a track record. They've always treated me well. They've never hurt me. They've always tried to help me. Hey, guys, how much more should we hear his voice? Jesus is saying, my sheep hear my voice. Listen, you know what that's saying? Um, he's saying that if somebody else calls them, they won't listen to them. Where is it here? Verse number five. Look back in the chapter. He says, a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Kevin, that tells me if the sheep are, are there in a flock and somebody else says, come on, whatever they do to call the sheep and to get them moving, come on, let's go. It means nothing to those sheep. They're saying, who is he? You know, in their little sheep language. Who is that guy? Bad. You know, he's a bad man. All right. Listen, that's your pun for the day. All right. Listen, saying, I'm not going with him. Who's he think he is? He's trying to lead us. I don't know who you are, but you're not my shepherd. Hey, guys, he's saying, but if. You belong to me. There should be a different level, guys. Does it affect you differently? Hey, guys, is there a respect level when it comes to the Lord when he speaks to you? Hey, guys, you know what our problem is, George, and a lot of us? You know what our, what our, what our problem is? Is we say, well, that was just a preacher. 
Can I tell you, I'm just a middleman, but take me out of it. I'm really not a big deal. This is really between you and him. And it's between me and him. The preacher, we get too caught up on that. Well, Kevin, I don't know. He's not very funny. <laughs> That's meaningless. That's meaningless. Well, I don't know. He was kind of boring today. Uh, great. But was what he's saying, did it come from God's book? Did it come from the Bible? Because if it did, guys, Dylan, that's God talking to you. George, that's God talking to you. Chris, that's God talking to you. It's, it's not me. I'm just a messenger. I'm just the delivery guy. Okay? I just load it up on my truck on Saturday night and drop it off here Sunday morning. But it came from him. It came from heaven. Okay? It came from his, his word. There should be a different reaction. You know how there's a different reaction? When you belong to the shepherd, it means something to you. It has an importance, a value. It's vital to your life. It's of the utmost importance. Notice what he says, though. He says, my sheep hear my voice. He's saying, my sheep. Do you belong to the shepherd today? Listen, you say, how do I know if I belong to the shepherd? Are you saved? If you're saved, then it should mean something to you. It should mean something to you differently. Do you belong to the shepherd? Listen, guys, back in verse number 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You know, you could not belong to Jesus if Jesus didn't die for you because there was a sin debt that had to be paid. And Jesus paid it all. And he paid all for you and all for me. He paid for all of our sins. Guys, we deserve to be punished for our sins. But Jesus took the punishment on the cross in our place to where I don't have to go to hell. Now I can receive him as my savior and I can be part of his people, part of his flock. Now I can belong to him. Hey, guys, he's your shepherd. Hey, listen, if you are saved, he's your shepherd now. Like David said back in Psalm 28, the Lord is my shepherd. An unsaved person can't say that. Listen, he's my shepherd. He belongs to me and I belong to him now. There should be a different reaction. He died to make it available. And if you're in here and you're not saved... Back in uh, chapter 5, I'm just going to be fast with this. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Hey, guys, you say, well, so if I'm not one of his sheep, I just, you know, there's nothing that can be done. No, no, not at all. When you hear his word, if you respond to it, if you believe in it, then he says, that you have everlasting life and you won't come into condemnation. You won't be punished for your sins ever. But you've been passed, transferred from death unto life. Guys, that's a great thing. So if you're in here today and you say, I don't know if I'm one of his sheep. I don't know if I'm in his flock. Then you need to make that decision to accept him as your savior. How do you do that? By hearing his word, hearing his truth and believing in him, that he is the only one that can save you. So do you belong to the shepherd? He says, my sheep hear my voice. Guys, and we believe it to be serious. Hey, guys, let me let me just land on something real quick here. Kevin, I have a serious issue with guys that they say they're believers. They say they belong to Christ. But guys, I'm not talking about a few weeks or even a few months. I'm talking about year after year after year after year after year after year. That something is clear cut in the Bible, but yet they don't respond to it. Mm. I, my Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm not talking about me. Well, well, if Botan really gets in my business and really calls me out and really, really just, just, just lashes me out with his words, maybe I'll think about changing. It has nothing to do with me. Right. It has nothing to do with me. But if Jesus said it's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. If Jesus said we should be doing something, then we should do it. 
We should make every effort and strive the best that we can to do it. Hey, guys, do you have that different reaction? Hey, guys, listen. If you take a, if you take a handful of seed and I throw them on the concrete, we can wait here for another 100 years. Those things aren't going to grow. Yeah. Okay, because there's no reception to it. There's no there's no spot for it. It had it has no spot or openness to it. But you know what? If I throw that on some some fresh soil, then Kevin, I'm going to see something grow up from that. Hey guys, what's your heart? Are you just hard hearted? Are you filled with the things of this world? Does God have any room when His Word comes in? Does it stick in your heart, or are you on to the next thing? There's a whole parable about that. The parable of the sower, Matthew 13. What's your heart like, guys? We believe it to be serious. Hey, guys, we preach on this stuff all the time. But if it's music, if it's if it's messing around with drugs, if it's messing around with the wrong girls, if it's friends, if it's the things you watch, if it's what you're clicking on, if it's how you treat your parents, if it's not soul winning, if it's not tithing, if it's if it's not being in your Bible faithfully, if it's not coming to church faithfully, whatever the issue is, and we nail all of them. Can I just challenge you? Find up, find out what the shepherd says about it, and listen to it. He's got your best interest at heart. He's never hurt you. He's only helped you. Hey, the only reason if you are saved that you're on your way to heaven is because of him. Hey guys, we got to get this more direct between ourselves and God. God, is this what you're telling me to do? And as we've spoken on the last few weeks, sometimes those things are difficult. Sometimes those things are steep and we say, Lord, that's hard to do. But you know what? He'll help you with it. He's your shepherd. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll help you. And he does have your best interest at heart. Hey, guys, does it hit you differently? Does it hit you differently? It's sad, but it seems like nowadays many people that call themselves Christians want to argue about these things. Well, I ain't sure about these standards, and I don't know about this, and the Bible version, blah, 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 blah. It seems we get more arguments from so-called Christians than people in the world. Hey, 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 if your shepherd, if your master is calling you out, if your master is laying out some truth, who are we to say, I don't know about that. Can you imagine that? The shepherd says, come on, sheep, let's go. And the sheep like, Mm-mm. no, I don't want to go that way. It doesn't make a lot of sense. That's only going to lead us into trouble for the sheep and for us. Do you have a different reaction? Do you believe it to be serious? Hey, guys, it's important. Back in uh, John chapter 8, he says, he, John 8, uh, 47, he says, he that is of God heareth God's words. Guys, I'm not just talking about the sound going into your ears. Does it mean something to you? Does it mean something to you? Hey, guys, I'm not going to do it. But if I were to say, hey, you guys want to know what's going on with the World Cup right now? Some of y'all would perk up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's fine. If you care about that, good for you. That's no big deal. But guys, when we're talking about the word of God, I have some guys falling asleep. Does it mean anything to you? Does it mean anything to you? As I said, when I talk to my dog about those certain topics, he knows what I'm saying. He's interested in that. Oh, you said a treat? Tell me more. You know, you said go outside. Yeah, let's do that because it means something to him. He has an interest in it. He cares about. Hey, do you care about what God says to you? Hey, guys, we're talking about your lives, your lives. You say this World Cup is a big deal. Can I say your life is a lot bigger deal? Man, this game today, man, uh, my football team's got to win this. It's a big deal. Your life is a whole lot bigger deal than that. The decisions you make, hey, guys, the rest of your life will be predicated on the decisions that you're making right now. As a young person, the whole course of your life can be changed by how you live and what you decide right now in your life. You should have a different reaction. In 1 Corinthians, it says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. What is it? It's the power of God. 
You know why it says that? Because it's been proven to us. We've seen that he's made a difference in our heart and life through what he's done for us. It says the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually understood or discerned. Hey, guys, you know what that means? You can have somebody that is unsaved and we can preach all this stuff. It won't make sense to them. They say, I don't get it. You know why? Because they haven't been saved. They don't have a receptor inside of them to grab a hold of this truth. It doesn't make sense to them. They think what we're doing is foolish. Paul said to the church of Thessalonica, he said, I thank God every time I think of you. He said, because that when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God. You know what he's saying? When we preached it to you guys, you guys took it seriously. You guys grabbed a hold of it and you said, this is what God said. You weren't trying to argue. You weren't trying to throw opinions around. You weren't trying to excuse yourself and and, and somehow um, find some loophole that you could get out of doing what God wanted you to do. No. He's saying you took it as God's word and then it changed your life. Hey, guys, when you take God's word seriously, that's when it changes your life. When you take it seriously. Hey, guys, I'm not going to enumerate all the different topics today. That things we should do and things we shouldn't do. But I think we already know. But let me ask you this. On the stuff you know that you should do and that you shouldn't do, what are you doing about it? Because a lot of us know. And my job is not to get up here and entertain you for 45 minutes. My job is to call out the truth of the word of God. And I'm saying today, listen guys, the voice of your master, when he's calling out something in your life, does it mean something to you? I hope so. Do you have that different reaction? Why? Because it comes from the master. You should have a trust factor and comfort level with him because it's the absolute truth. Hey, I don't know about you. When Jesus says something to me, it convicts me like no one else can. It penetrates deep. It's meaningful to me. Why? Why? Why, Brother Tom? Because he cares for me, because he loves me. He's proven that once and for all, guys. It should call you to alert, to attention, to action. You should perk up when you hear him say something to you. You say, what are you talking about? I'm saying in church, when you're listening to the preaching and Ethan, some some uh, some comment, something is mentioned and you know, that's exactly what you need. That's Jesus speaking to you. Hey, guys, are we just going to slough that off? And say, yeah, well, pastor's been speaking for 25 minutes, so we probably got another 20 and then we'll be out of here. And then I can get back to the game or then I can go play my video games. And that. I'm not against those things. But you know what, guys, the voice of your master is so much more important. Does it mean anything to you? Do you have that different reaction? It comes from the master. It's contrary to this world. Hey, guys, when Jesus speaks to you, it's not talking about the greed and the pride and the foolishness of this world. Listen, guys, many of the voices that we hear, people trying to get money from you. Or they're trying to promote evil and wickedness. Or they're trying to promote themselves. Well, let me tell you how great I am at something. I don't know about you, but in my mind, I click off when somebody starts talking like that. By the way, guys. God doesn't want us to be proud as young men. You know what the Bible says? Pride goes before destruction, the haughty spirit before a fall. You want to go down? Then lift yourself up. Be humble, guys. Be humble. I'm not saying you have to be a doormat and everybody walk all over you all the time, but be humble. Hey, any good thing in your life, anything in your life that you're good at, it's because of the Lord. Don't forget that. Some guys walk around like, I don't need God. I don't need nobody. You better watch out. You better watch out. There should be a different reaction with us and it should make a change in us. Hey, guys, is it valuable to you? Is it vital to you? Is it of the utmost importance to you? Hey, guys, if it is, you're going to be reading your Bible. If it is, you're going to pay attention in church. Whether the preacher's making people laugh, whether he has good stories, 
Like the guy today, whether he's giving out a ton of candy, doesn't matter. Those are all those are all peripheral things. You know what? Listen, hey guys, when you come to church, listen for the voice of your master. Hey guys, when you're reading your Bible this week, look for the voice of your master. Lord, I need you to tell me something from this. God, change my life to be more like you. Let me hurry up with the rest of these. We should have a different reaction. Number two, there's a declared relationship. Jesus said in verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. I know them. I know them. You know what that tells me? He's not ashamed of his relationship with us. He says, I know them. I know Wes. I know Ethan. I know Aiden. I know Kevin. They belong to me. Hey, guys, what a privilege and an honor that is. Look back at verse number three. He says to him, the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name. He knows your name, guys. He knows everything about you. Verse number 14, he says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known of mine. He's saying we have this relationship. Second Timothy, it says, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Hey, can I tell you, God's not confused about who's saved and who's not. Mm-hmm. Kevin, sometimes, let's be honest, it's hard to, hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Somebody, it seems like lives for God for a long time. Then they're out the door and they don't want anything to do with the Lord. And we're thinking, what? What is going on here? It's confusing. It's weird, right? It, we're in disarray. Yeah. Can I tell you, God knows exactly who belongs to him and who doesn't. Yeah. And he's, those that are saved, he sealed them with the Holy Spirit of promise. Mm-hmm. The declared relationship. He says it. Um, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. I know them. I know them. Hey, guys. And if you ever have been saved, then you will uh, be saved for eternity forever. That passage we dealt with recently in Matthew 7, the people say, Lord, Lord, open us. He says, I never knew you. I never knew you. There was never a point in time where you got saved and you began belonging to me. There's never been that. Hey, guys, if there ever was a time you got saved, then you're saved forever. You will always belong to him. But if you have not been saved, then guys, you better seriously consider getting that straight now and getting that handled now. Because we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know when Jesus will come back. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. The declared relationship. By the way, those that are saved, their uh, names are recorded in heaven, written in heaven. Jesus said, rejoice not in this, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. If you're saved, your name is already written down in the Lamb's book of life. That is a blessing, guys. That can never be taken out. That can never be erased. Once you're saved, it's in there for good forever. And guys, the Bible also says that uh, it's like you are engraved upon his hands. You say, what do you think that's talking about? I think the wounds in his hands. This is Isaiah 49, 16. He says, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Guys, he's engraving you upon the palms of his hands. He looks at his hands. By the way, Jesus still has those wounds in his hands and in his feet. They say that's the only man-made thing in heaven. <laughs> but listen, he still has those in it. Why? As, as a memorial of what he did. And Ethan, he did that for you. Anthony, he did that for you and for me. He took those wounds for us. That should mean something to us. The declared relationship, point number three, the dedication is revealed. He said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Hey, guys. You say, well, I am a Christian. I do belong to the Lord, but I want other people to realize that. You know how they realize that? By you living for God. By you following him. You say, well, uh, dude, um, uh, Jesus is not physically on earth now. So how am I supposed to follow him? I don't really see him walking nowadays. How am I supposed to follow him, big shot? Um, you know how you do it? Obeying him. You follow his teachings. You follow his commands. You obey him. Guys, we have that song in, in church with the kids. 
Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. The guys, obey, obey his word. You say, well, where do I get my orders from? Psalm 119, order my steps in thy word. Hey, guys, this is why it's so vital. Get in the word of God. Find out what it says. You know, Kevin, sometimes I get in the word of God, and I, when I come to it, I'm angry. God tells me to be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Well, you know what? Those are my orders. You say, well, Tom, you always like that? No, it's tough to swallow a lot of times. I don't want to be kind, you know? I want to light this person up. I want to blow them away with my words. No, he says, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Hey, guys, that's my orders. And you know what? I need to obey that. And guys, listen, that should be the overwhelming majority of our life. All of us make mistakes. Everyone in the room has. There has never been a time from the day we got saved to right now we say, nope, perfect track record, never messed up. Nobody in this room can say that. Nobody alive nowadays as a Christian can say that. But you know what? The overwhelming majority of our lives, guys, we need to be obedient to the Lord. We all make mistakes, but get back up. Keep on going for the Lord. Get get his power helping you and get back on track. And guys, let me finish up with point number four, the durable remaining. Verse number 28. Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. The durable remaining. Guys, listen. The voice of your master. That's what I'm preaching on today. We should have a different reaction to it. Hey, you preach the gospel to an unsaved person, you don't know what you're getting. You tell the truth from the Bible to a saved person, we should perk up and say, wow, that hits me different than anything else. Hey, I can watch the news. It doesn't hit me like that. I can watch sports. It's fine, but it doesn't hit me like that. When Jesus calls me out, when he speaks to me, there's something more important about that. You should get fixated in on that, fastened in on that, say, whoa, he's telling me to do this. This is a big deal. He says, my sheep hear my voice. As I, Guys, I'm sorry. Let me time out. I always worry about guys that say they're Christians, but they're never listening when the word of God is proclaimed. I, I, that just throws that throws a bunch of huge red flags in my mind. When I'm saying, hey, God wants us to live holy. And guys sitting in this room. And I'm not talking about one week. I know we have weeks where we're tired. You work late or, or whatever. You were doing something busy yesterday. You guys had basketball games, whatever. I get that. Every once in a while, okay. I understand. We should still try to fight it and work through it. But when it's every week, what does that tell you? That tells you they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. Mm-hmm. And you say you're a child of God. I got serious questions. Yeah. Well, you're not God. I completely understand that. But the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. You're not... At the very least, you're not acting like your sheep if, if you never pay attention, you never care with what he says. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, listen. If God calls something out of my life, let's say, for instance, say I wasn't tithing. Now, I do, but say I wasn't. Kevin, if I heard this, and I heard this, and I heard this, and it comes from God, and yet I say no, and I say no, and I say no, and I say no, there's something seriously wrong in me. There's something seriously wrong in me. And if that doesn't bother me, then I think that's your answer right there. Hey, guys, the Bible says it's a shame for a man, a man to have long hair. Mm-hmm. Whoa, where are we going with this? I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. But listen, the Bible says that very clearly. It's in 1 Corinthians 11. Okay? If the Bible says that, Jesus is calling that from me. And if, if I had that particular problem, i say, all right, we need to do something about it. Hey, Brother Kirk DeVitro, you say he don't have hair now. Well, he used to. He used to have long hair, apparently, when he got saved. 
And you know what, guys? He read that verse. He read that verse. It's a shame for a man to have long hair. You know what he told his wife? Get the scissors. He wasn't going to cut out some paper mache, guys. He On the spot. Dude, that's crazy. I remember a youth conference we went to. Guy had braids, right? Dreadlocks. After the last message, Brother Kenny preached. Everybody's going to the altar and all this. Dude is cutting off his dreadlocks right after church. That's what it's about. Yeah. That's what it's about. I'm not saying you guys got to get the scissors out. You know, maybe go to the barber. That's fine. All right. That's all good. But listen, if there's something, look at you guys. <laughs> listen, guys, listen. Hey, is there something in your life, though? I know we're playing around, but is there something in your life? Mm-hmm. Consider it. We're talking about the voice of your master. Yeah. And the durable remaining. Verse number 28, he says, I give unto them eternal life. Can I tell you? Nobody else can give you that. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can give you that. Guys, Buddha can give that. Can't give you that. Allah can't give you that. Muhammad can't give you that. Mary can't give you that. The Pope can't give you that. You say, why? Because they don't live forever. Mm-hmm. You ever think about that? Yeah. Kevin, they promised these people eternal life, right? Yeah. But yet they die and stay dead. Right. <laughs> you will live forever. Oh, you know, no. <laughs> Listen, Jesus did die, yes. But three days later, he arose from the dead and he's alive forevermore. He's the only one that can give eternal life. Listen, you might get some good gifts next week for Christmas, and I hope you do. But ain't nobody giving you eternal life except Jesus. Amen. You can only get it from him. No Amazon, no Walmart, or anything else. All right? The unique gift, the unharmed guarantee, he says, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Guys, that is such strong language. Firm. He says they shall never perish. You know what that's talking about? You will never, ever go to hell. If there's ever been a time where you got saved, guys, it is impossible for you to ever spend one second in hell. Thank God. Because I tell you, you deserve hell and I deserve hell. And if we really let that sink in and realize that, wow, we'd be a lot more appreciative. That rich man in hell, I thought of this yesterday. That should have been you and me. Mm -hmm. I'm glad it's not. But it's the only reason it's not is because of what Jesus did for us. The unharmed guarantee. He says, listen, you will never perish. Hey, guys, if you're saved, you will never go to hell. You will never be in that fire. You never have to scream those screams. You'll never be fallen. You'll never be in that condition ever, ever, ever. Why? Because you're saved. Because he's given you that eternal life. The unharmed guarantee. The unequaled guard. He said, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He says, once you get saved, you're placed in God's hands. Nobody can take you out of his hand. We've got all these people nowadays. Well, I'm not sure. If you sin, man, you might be unsaved now. No. No. Once you're saved, you're always saved. This passage is one of the strongest ones in the Bible about it. He's saying once you're saved, guys, you are placed in Jesus' hand. And he says nobody is able to take you out of my hand. That includes the devil. That includes demons. That includes evil people. That includes yourself. Well, if I make some mistakes or if I made some bad decisions, maybe I'll just slip out of Jesus' hand. No. He says, no one can rip you out of my hand. The unequaled guard. And guys, in the next verse, there's an unfolding greatness. Verse number 29, he says, my father which gave them me is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Hey guys, I'm not trying to be irreverent with saying this. I think Jesus can, can cover the job himself. You know, he's got all power. He's God, right? But he says, I'm holding you in my hand. And then he says, as if that wasn't good enough, which it is. But he says, my father which gave them me. Um, he's, he's holding you in his hand and no one can pluck you out of his hand. So not only you have Jesus holding your salvation, you have God, the father holding your salvation. In Ephesians, it says you're sealed by the Holy spirit of promise. You couldn't lose your salvation if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. If I had 
if I'm holding something in my hand and I have three of you guys, three big guys in the church holding on to me, huge hands holding on, and then somebody tell me to drop it, there's no way I could drop it, right? Because I, uh, I can't let go, right? I got three guys holding my hand. That's what Jesus, God the Father, and God the Holy Ghost are doing to your salvation. Guys, there's no possibility for you to lose your salvation. And then the united guarantee in verse number 30, he says, I and my father are one. He's saying, I'm on the same level as my father. I'm God just like he is. God the Father is God. God the Son is God. God the Holy Spirit is God. The Trinity, we call it. Hey, guys. But getting back to our point, Jesus said, when your master calls you out, does it do anything different to you? I hope so. I hope so. I, I, it's a problem if a guy comes so many times, week after week, year after year, nothing changes. Still rebellious. Well, I just, I just don't agree with that. You know what? It has nothing to do with your relationship with pastor, your relationship with me or Brother Tut or whoever. Whoever you're directing your animosity toward. Because ultimately, if it comes from God, you're, you're speaking against your master, man. You're speaking against your shepherd. And I'm not saying any of us are perfect. But I am saying if it comes from the master, we need to do our best to line up with it. Yeah. Hey, guys, does the voice of your master mean anything to you? Mm. When he calls you out, do you perk up? When he speaks to your heart, is there a different reaction than other people? Hey, guys, I could talk. There's many dogs in my neighborhood, and I could probably say those things to them. wouldn't mean a thing to them because they don't know me. When I use those certain words with my dog, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. And it means something to him. Yeah. He's interested in that. Why? Because I'm his master. He belongs to me. Hey, guys, we belong to Jesus. When he calls us out, does it mean anything to you? I hope so. I hope so. You know why? Because when we hear it, we should say, there's something different about that. That is the voice of my master. Let's bow our head and close.